the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Again, I say Happy New Year to you. I hope that 2024 is wonderful for you and your family, your loved ones. May you be blessed in many ways that you can imagine and ways you can't even see. So uh, uh, we'll be, so we'll be. I, I love saying Happy New Year for about two and a half, three weeks uh, into the new year. So 2024, pretty wild. It's going to be a big year. Uh, okay, I want to get to a story. I have seen some coverage of it, but I want to give you today, as today's wink, what you need to know. I want I want to draw together for you um, two things, two people and two uh, two aspects of their conduct and what happened and show you how they are related. One is Sam Bankman Freed, who was this. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether his. Um, his uh, uh, business, quote unquote, um, formally was a Ponzi scheme. In other words, I don't think he was necessarily paying, taking in money. A Ponzi scheme was you take in ten dollars and um, and you pay out ten dollars, and you're always using the new money that you get in to pay the old money. It's a Ponzi scheme named after a guy named Ponzi. Um, I don't think Bankman Fried was doing that. Bankman Fried basically was just lying about committing fraud, lying about what he was up to, and he was getting valuations for things that weren't worth anything, and it, it crashed. It was in the um, in the um, uh, realm of of the um, uh, both cyber uh, as well as kind of Bitcoin and other aspects of one of these um, um, sort of uh, cryptocurrencies that he set up. So he, he's going to jail. I mean, he got convicted of a bunch of things, but also he was one of the most uh, uh, incredibly uh, ambitious uh, contributors to political campaigns. He gave massive amounts of money, millions and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions. I don't even think we know for sure uh, of money to different politicians, including a couple of Republicans, mostly Democrats. And uh, I think he was the second or first biggest giver to the Biden campaign in 2020. He was a massive, massive donor. And so, it looks like there were games being played with campaign finance. And when he was arrested, he was arrested for the fraud related to his cryptocurrency. And also there were the allegations at the time of significant um, campaign finance misconduct and things that either got close to bribery or influence peddling, whatever. All that over the weekend on Friday, on the Friday before the end of the year. So, you know, the last dog days of the calendar year, um, the Department of 
Justice said, yeah, we're not going to pursue those charges against Sam Bankman Freed on bribery and corruption, kind of corruption, a set of corruption charges. We're just going to let that go. We already got him convicted on this fraud stuff. He's going to go away for a long time, but we're not going to go into that. We think it doesn't serve the public good. Okay, there's one. That's one aspect. The second is, don't you wonder Aren't you surprised that the Hunter Biden, the extent now of what we know in terms of his massive intake of money and where it came from, from the former Russian mayor, from Ukrainian gas company, from Chinese, uh, I don't know, venture funds. There's there's been this sort of lack of coverage of the extent of the influence or the extent of the money and what it yielded. And in fact, in some ways, maybe it didn't yield much. Maybe that's his defense is like, I just took their money, but I didn't do anything for them. But here's how these two fit together. And this is very important because the reason why Sam Bankman Freed's trial has been dis- dismissed, you know, the, the trial on these corruption charges has been let go. They didn't even dismiss. I guess they did dismiss it. Maybe they didn't file the charges. They just said, we're going to not pursue them. And the reason why Hunter Biden's um, uh, massive intake of money and the connection to what he did seems to have not gotten a lot of critical assessment, either by both parties or by the media. I mean, it's obviously getting some attention from the, the Republicans who want to, to get it to, to Biden. But I'm talking about what Hunter did. And the reason why is because that's how the game is played. And they can't really expose what's going on without exposing themselves. And by that, I mean, you know, there there are p- people in both parties who utilize the uh, influence peddling that Hunter Biden did. Probably not as crass, probably not as blatant, probably not as corrupt, but very similar Very similar. And so if you started a conversation that said, oh, man, look at how Hunter Biden was using his family name, getting tens of millions of dollars, maybe a billion dollars in one fund. This is really using his name and not nothing. You'd have to implicate a lot of people, a lot of family members, a lot of former members of Congress, a lot of former members of the of administrations, both parties. And you'd have to realize how corrupt the swamp is. Similarly, if you went into Sam Bankman Freed's massive, massive spending into super PACs, into 501c4s, into nonprofits of this type and that type, you'd have to reveal that both parties are doing similar things. Again, not to the scope. Sam Bankman Freed and Hunter Biden are noteworthy because they're like the they're like the um the the whole system going all the way to the end and breaking with the most blatant people, the most, you know, it's almost like if you were if you had fraud of $10, you suddenly get Hunter Biden and it's 10 million. It's like it's just off the charts in terms of the uh the um extent and the scope and the brazenness and the ugliness. And that's the same thing with Sam Bankman Freed. Sam Bankman Freed was uh, he he swept into power huge amounts of money and then started throwing the money around. There was all kinds of stories about how he was single handedly going to help uh, Democrats communicate their message and all this stuff. And after the fact, it certainly looks like he benefited from the connections he had because they're not going to get to the bottom of it. They're not going to get to the bottom of it. And this brings us all the way back to my point, and I just I just did an interview. I recorded an interview that will play later on in the program um, uh, with Todd Callender, and uh, and I I use the phrase again. I need to probably uh, I need to probably go and uh, and and copyright and trademark it. Distrust, then verify. 
The old Reagan maxim was trust but verify. He was borrowing from an old um, um, an old Russian phrase that one of the people who was tutoring him on on the Russian culture when he was getting ready for the the meetings uh, with the the Soviets and they were trying to you know get him up on things and they they came upon this phrase. There's a woman, a professor who a, a, a Russian um, a student of Russia, an expert on Russia, who was the one that brought it to him. It's a kind of an old folk tale uh, that was trust but verify was the translation. What I say is distrust, then verify, distrust, then verify. And when you see what Sam Bankman Free did, I mean, we're not talking about $10,000 contributions. Remember, uh, uh, Dinesh D'Souza went to jail for, I don't know, a little bit, maybe less than a year, but it was still real federal time for, I think it was a total of 10000 maybe $15,000 of contributions that was deemed over the campaign limit and that he basically had, you know, instructed or or managed his family giving the money because he had a friend running for uh, U.S. Senate and his friend that was running for U.S. Senate, he desperately wanted to encourage her and help her win. And so he did something that was letter of the law illegal. I think that's how it was played out. What he pled to was something like, you know, he had his his uh, family member give $5,000. It was really his money. And, and he went to jail. And Sam Bankman-Fried was doing tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. And he was influencing everybody. And and now and we're not going to get to the bottom of it. We're not going to get to the bottom. We're not going to have a trial where we get to see exactly what happened. Of course, we're not. Of course, we're not. Why? Because you cannot expose the ruling, the regime, both parties, just like Hunter Biden, what he really was doing. If you made a list, if the media was serious, if there was a serious set of journalists, if there was a serious public interest effort, you could make lists of family members and others who are milking the system, not as brazenly, not as pathetically as Hunter Biden, but the same thing, but the same thing, the same system. And we go back to what we go back to this when the government has more power. And when the government has the ability to pick winners and losers financially, which is what we've never had in the history of the world, a government, Washington, D.C., the federal government with more money influence and with more power influence, then you're going to have people who say to themselves, I've got to get the system. I've got to influence the, 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 the system, not play by the rules. It's better to manage the system, manage the players, get them to look the other way. Oh, well, Sam Bankman freed. He's already been convicted of something else. You know, he's going to go to jail for a while, but we're not going to have to. We're not going to have a trial that exposes how and why and what he paid for when he gave tens of millions of dollars to both parties, primarily 99 percent to Democrats. But there was like I think he gave Kevin McCarthy, who was you know pushing to be a speaker. I think he gave him some money. We're not going to get to the bottom of that. And likewise, we're not going to expose what Hunter Biden has done and what his family has done and what uh, Hunter Biden's uh, money. What it means is one thing, crass, ugly, nasty. But what it's an example of, what it's a symptom of is the too big, too powerful, too wealthy, you know, too much money in our federal government and controlling and dominating our lives. That's what's going on. That's what you need to know. Sam Bankman Freed got a sweetheart deal. You know, oh, he's going to federal jail. Yeah. But if it was a Republican, you know, uh, Congressman Steve Stockman went to jail for a couple of years based on campaign finance stuff. And, and they didn't bother to say, oh, the public interest isn't served in that. They rung him up hard and unfairly, in my opinion.
what I saw, everything I saw, publicly, I've been talked about a number of times. And the same thing with Hunter Biden. All right, we got to take it. We got to go. We got to go. Be, be right back. We'll come back with a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. This is an interview I've been looking forward to. Todd Callender is somebody I have known about uh, because of the work he's done in trying to get people to uh, understand what Zoom is doing, what big tech is doing. And people have heard me, Todd, talk about, uh, I call it the narrative machine, big tech, big media, and big government working together to force a narrative on us. He is the, yes. uh, he is the founder, Todd Counters himself, a lawyer, but he's a business guy. He's been uh, involved in all different kinds of uh, efforts to get the truth out. He's the founder of Truth Hub by Clout Hub. Uh, and Clout Hub is uh, an, another part of this, which is a meant to replace Zoom. And we've talked about it all the time. I mean, I use it all the time, Todd. I mean, heck, you know, we, yeah. we, we that that people use Zoom, but it's like TikTok. The the Chinese are 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 manipulating it, and they're not they're not. It's not just they're not just corrupt. They're communist corrupt, which is beyond belief. So anyway, first of all, Todd Callender, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. I'm happy to be here, Ed. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you. So tell me first of all, what is the what is this uh, what is Cloud Hub? How's it fit together with True Hub, Truth Hub? Uh, walk me through what you not sure. just what you saw with Zoom and other um, uh, products, but what you did about it. Yeah, good. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to you about it. So Cloud Hub was a social media platform created by a really cool guy by the name of Jeff Brain. Um, he really built it in response to the censorship he was seeing um, in relation to the COVID pandemic. Um, that, that people were having a hard time getting information out. And he built this social media platform with news, chat, um, videos. You, people could live stream and doing things of that nature. And, and so um, about a year ago or so, um, I had met Jeff and said, listen, what I'm really after is a video conferencing program that, that will do instant translation because we've got clients all over the world. Um, I speak a couple languages, not 72. And he said, well, right. we build this, this video conferencing thing. It'll be secure. It'll, it'll do instant translation, fine, done. So we invested in Cloud Hub. And sadly, um, Jeff, uh, he died. He, he suffered a massive stroke. And then the company hmm. was really in dire straits because his leadership was no longer around. Um, this is when he was having a stroke. I said, could you please come in and help out? We ended up coming in and acquiring the, the majority position in stock and, and um, built out what it was he had promised, which was this video conferencing thing that we're talking about. It's called Truth Hub. And there's a reason for that. Not only can you talk to anybody anywhere in the world in any language, any spoken language, 72 languages, about 100 dialects. Um, wow. And, and it, it's astounding. But aside from that, um, we're filling a niche for guys like you and I, lawyers. We're attorney-client privilege counts for, for doctors and hospitals where HIPAA rules apply because Zoom um, Microsoft meets all of these uh, programs. They keep your content. They tell you so in the privacy policy. It says, hey, anything and everything that happens here is ours. It's kind of like, screw you. Um, this content is ours and it is not yours. So we um, had actually figured out one of the issues was was people in, for instance, China, Christians being used for body parts if they went to Bible study. So we designed this meeting platform such that people could have a meeting. And when it's done, it never happened. Unless somebody who was actually on the meeting downloaded a copy 
copy or a transcript, then the meeting never happened. And so it, it's really the ultimate privacy because we don't keep the data. We don't want the data. It's all transactional. And our, our policy is really this. It's anonymity plus privacy equals freedom. We don't even care who you are. Don't want to know. Um, so while everybody else is gathering intelligence for the government, selling it off to the Chinese, <laughs> we're just the opposite. We're like, don't tell us. I don't want to know because we want people to have the freedom of speech, the freedom of thought. We are the marketplace of ideas. So uh, Todd Callender is our guest, and, and he's the CEO. He's operating Truth Hub. And, and so I'll put aside uh, uh, Cloud Hub because I don't want to confuse it. So Truth sure. Hub is the product. So it, it is, is um, I'm, I'm being like, uh, I'm being like straight. If you're out there listening and you're thinking, okay, that guy's trying, A, can he compete with the big boys? You know, you just mentioned Google, you mentioned uh, yeah. Zoom. Can you actually compete? And two, um, in the world we live in, I, I fl- Todd, I flipped it on my head. I tell people, Reagan said trust but verify i tell people yeah. distrust then verify when it comes <laughs> to the government distrust and verify and so i say to myself well you might have a platform but why hasn't the intelligence uh targeted you i mean how in other words how yeah. do you how do you assure me and others that it's really uh secure yeah good well a, a few things first and foremost um the the law is silent in terms of kyc and anti-money laundering legislation we're just a public utility for purposes of of getting word out it, it's almost like being treated as a newspaper so anonymity is the key to that we don't I ask see. for your we don't ask for your information we don't want your information so even if the the fbi showed up at our offices and said okay well we want to know about user number one two three four I'd be like, okay here it is. What you know? There's nothing here. It's a, it's an email address and a username. It's all we care about. Um, and, and so that's the the, the first I line see. of defense. Right. Secondarily, it boils down to how much content you're actually storing. So in the case of you know the the videos where people upload and do a podcast or something like that, we right. we do keep that because people want us to. But in terms right. of the the other meetings, it's actually an impossibility. In order for the instant translation software to work, it can only be transactional because it's just I that see. complicated of a thing. And so. Um, and there are other protocols where effectively when people hang up the call, um, the, the whole thing disappeared. And best of all, it's browser based. You don't have to have an app for Truth Hub. Um, and this is really one of the, the parts that's really important you'll recognize as a lawyer. As soon as you build an app and you have to register that app in a foreign country, you're establishing jurisdiction of that foreign yeah, yeah, country yeah, over yeah, you. Yeah, There's yeah. no app. It's huh. just browser based. So we are so, not. So when you say by... it's got translation to a translation capacity, if I go on and I and so I go on and I've got a um uh, and and I spent a, a year of my life in Indonesia. I got I go on. I got an Indonesian guy on yeah. there. He's going to talk in Indonesian, and you're going to yes. trans you're you're going to translate it in real time. Yes, in real time. Uh, it'll be both a transcript and uh, verbal. I see. It'll be both. You'll get it audio. So he'll speak Indonesian. You'll hear it in whatever language you choose. You prefer French, you can hear it in French. You want English, it'll be in English. Obviously, um, and- you obviously use an AI, right? I mean, you're doing it automated. You're not. You're not. You don't have a guy in a booth. Uh, exactly. Right. So is um is can you do this? Can you? So uh, you can. I think. Could you have an Indonesian? I'm thinking about. You mentioned podcasts. If if uh, yeah. Bongino gets an activist from Poland who can't speak english and yes. he speaks in polish you can translate live what he's saying uh, into into english on a podcast with uh, with some is there some clunkiness how, how how good can it be i hate to be like that but what how good is it? it's amazing to me 
Jinkuya Bardzo Pan, to Pravda. The answer okay. is yes. It's instant. <laughs> I actually used to live and work in Poland. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, I have another story, but I was undoing the Soviet model economics back in the early okay. days. The point of which, the point of which is yes, and, and better yet. Um, so he would speak in Polish, you would hear it in English, and there's a transcript that runs with it. If you can imagine this, we could have 70 different people speaking up to 72 different languages all at the same time, and each user hears whatever language they want to. So the other person will put in their source language um hmm. and, and the, wow. the, yeah it's absolutely astounding and a live transcript happens as you go so in terms of clunkiness um it there's a little bit of cadence that goes with it if it's your program it's dedicated to your speech patterns but it it, it, it catches on very quickly it's remarkable um how accurate it is and this is the point of dialects right there's different types of chinese yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and believe yeah. it or not we we built it such that the dialects are also available um, our guest again is Todd Callender. Todd, what is the best website to send people to? Because when I click on the link and I get to Truth Hub, I'm actually at meetings.cloudhub.com. Is that the best thing? What, what, so tell it, me the best. It is. Okay, meetings.cloudhub.com. I'll put it up. Um, one more thing, though, back to not not crazy people like me talking about Indonesia and you talking about Poland. I just got, I want to do a regular call. I want to do a regular call with my work team. I want to do a regular call with my book club. Um, I go to the web-based Truth Hub. I can start my meeting. You can either save it or not, but I know it's not being sat in on by the Chinese. That's the point, right? I mean, that's that's the selling point. I mean, you got another way you're selling to these international possibilities or in America to Spanish speakers or whoever, Filipino speakers, Tagalog, whatever. But basically, as my listeners are sitting there saying, huh, instead of using Zoom, I can use this. Is it a free service? Yeah, well, um, we we have a free version. That's the English only one, and you okay. get thirty minutes for free. I see, but it's actually it's really inexpensive. If you think about it, it's twenty one bucks a month um, for unlimited usage in any and all languages at the same time. And yeah, you and your team can have up to seventy participants, meaning active participants. But we've had events with more than 100,000 people showing up live. And that wow. event was made available in every spoken language. So we did this with Lindell TV, amongst others, mm-hmm. um, symposiums that we've done. So our mission was actually to open up the world. It's to eliminate the gatekeepers of truth. If you can talk to your friends in Indonesia, if you can talk to your people in Ukraine and find out what's really happening without any official sources, the right. truth brings us freedom. That's what this yeah. is really about yeah. at the end of the day. All right. Hey, Todd, unfortunately, uh, the freedom I have, I'm out of time. I got to go. I'm up, up against a deadline. <laughs> Todd Callender, thank you uh, for your time. And this is fascinating. We'll have you back on again. I want to I want to think of other ways I can uh, uh, utilize this and think about it. So, But I got to run. I'm up against a break. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Todd Callender, I'll put it all up on social media uh, and uh, make sure that we have all the links uh, to what he's up to. Truth Hub. Uh, Truth Hub. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is a man. I was just talking with him off the air. I, we, I, I was sort of tongue-in-cheek teasing him a little bit. We love David Horowitz. David Horowitz is an amazing, uh, amazing American. And uh, his uh, David Horowitz Freedom Center is extraordinary. Well, our next guest is uh, Robert Spencer, and he's a director of the Jihad Watch. And he's a Shillman Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center, which is what made, got me talking about that. He's also the author of a book, Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization. 
Nation. Uh, he's a numerous uh, book, uh, books. He's an author of other books, including The History of Jihad, The Palestinian Delusion, and Did Muhammad Exist? Um, he's taught and spoken all over the country and all over the world. Welcome, sir. How are you? Just great, Ed. Thank you very much. You're welcome. First on this, I, I, I want to ask you a million questions, especially when I see your, your, you know, your book on the Palestinians and the delusion and all this. But I want to stick to Empire of God because it's a little known fact that my listeners won't know that I went through a period, I don't know, 10 years ago where I read all up on the Byzantine Empire and about how many things were happening in the world that we still sort of are echoed through because of the Byzantine Empire. So first of all, how'd you end up on this topic? I, you, I guess you're just a historian and you were drawn to it, but how'd you get to the Byzantine uh, Empire? Well, you know, I think that one of the things that was striking me at the time that I decided to write it was that uh, so much of our world today is affected by them, and yet people don't even know really what the Byzantine Empire was or when it was. And there are a lot of things that we can learn. For example, the jihadis that struck on 9-11 and that the Israelis are fighting now have exactly the same ideology as the ones that the Byzantines held off for 800 years. And if they (laughs) hadn't held them off, we wouldn't be having this conversation now because there wouldn't have been any Western civilization or any United States at all. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. By the way, the book is from Bombardier Books. We love those guys. Robert Spencer's our guest. Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization. Okay, give us that thumbnail then on what the what 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 is the Byzantine Empire, the time period? What's the um, you know, the phrase people don't even use anymore. The something is Byzantine has to do with this incredible bureaucracy that uh, and and structured system of governing that was put together. But tell tell us um, it's it's not 100 years. Is it almost 1200 years, I think? But Walk us through this, Robert, please. Yeah, if the United States lasted as long as the Byzantine Empire did, then it would last until the year 2899. Wow. And I think that, you know, people looking at the deep crisis the nation is in today, (laughs) uh, that's kind of an inspiring idea. Uh, The Byzantine Empire is essentially the Roman Empire that we all know of, but a lot of people don't realize that the Roman Empire uh, actually did not fall in the year 476, which they may have been taught in school if you weren't just taught critical race theory the whole time. <laughs> and the uh, empire in, in, in the eastern part of Europe went on for another thousand years until the year 1453. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were influenced by it when they were putting together the U.S. Constitution. They patterned it after Byzantine law, uh, our art, architecture, even Christian theology. So many things are uh, still built on what the Byzantines gave us. Yeah, it's uh, also and one of the main one of the main my takeaway main characters was Justinian and Justinian was this extraordinary in in some ways he set the stage for um how we understand law down to today. I mean, he and and I, it's a, what was it? What was the um, oh, his famous work was uh, Corpus Corpus. Um, Eurus Civilis, yeah, I think the civil code, uh, basically. Yeah. But but and that was that that was transformational. Anyway, Justinian. The, and my point is, there are, there are these characters. Uh, Belisarius considered one of the great great fighters, generals studied by everybody. I remember seeing General Flynn speak somewhere, and he dropped in Belisarius. I mean, there was these extraordinary characters. How big was the Byzantine Empire, uh, Robert? How what was the scope? Where did it run from? You know, and and how men, how much of the world was in the Byzantine Empire? It was very large at its fullest extent. It was uh, encompassing uh, Italy from Rome down and then uh, North Africa, the Middle East, all the way across to Armenia. 
And of course, uh, what is now Turkey and so on was the heartland of it. And uh, a lot of things that we don't uh, one of the things that we don't realize when we're talking about military success is that exactly what you said, that it's not just that uh, these people had military success, but a great deal of America's military success is based on the lessons that they learned from Byzantine commanders. And a lot of the way that warfare is still fought, even in this age of technology and air warfare and so on, is based on things that the Byzantine Empire originated. Uh, Robert Spencer, again, is our guest. He's a prolific author of a number of books. Uh, This book we're speaking about is Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization from Bombardier Books. Robert, you mentioned the lessons about the the at the time the fight between the the uh, Islam and the Islamists and the jihadis at the time uh, uh, we'd say and the Christians. Is that the big? I I know it's crazy to do. They had a thousand plus years. Is is that the um, um, big takeaway to to understand this isn't a new fight? Is there another aspect of things that you'd point out and say, hey, this this part of it, how the Byzantines saved civilization? Um, what, what, what What's your sort of biggest points? Yeah, that's a big one, Ed, but there are plenty of others. One of the other ones is that the uh, we think about Western civilization, the philosophy, the political thought, all kinds of things are based on the ancient Greeks, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, and so on. And we wouldn't even know about them if it right. had not been for the Byzantine Empire preserving that, uh, preserving their thought in their books. As a matter of fact, one of the key characters in my book is somebody that Westerners don't know about, Gemistos Plathon, who was a Byzantine thinker in the 15th century. He traveled to Italy at a time when the Catholic and Orthodox churches were th- talking about getting back together. And he was bored because he was not involved in those discussions. He started giving lectures about Plato in Italy. (laughs) And the Italians were amazed because they didn't have those books of Plato in Italy. And it was his thought, Gemistos, that is, and many others from the Byzantine Empire who sparked the Renaissance and the Enlightenment in Europe by bringing that ancient Greek thought to the West. It, Robert Spencer, again, is our guest in his book, is Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization. <clears throat> there are these key moments, and that's one of them. I, I do remember, um, and, I, and I should have headed there, uh, where we wouldn't have had. Also, we wouldn't, as you point out, that they, the Byzantines did a, did a good job of of saving these texts, of, of realizing that we should, because there's plenty of uh, of governing entities that when they go out of existence, everything goes out of existence with them. I mean, the Byzantines did preserve. What, what's the story with the Byzantine influence on all the mosaics and all? That was a big part of their the their art and their culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just mosaics. It's really art in general, because it's hard for people to imagine nowadays. But art was all tied up in those days with religion. And Mm -hmm. there was a big controversy within the church as to whether it was even allowed or whether it was an idolatrous uh, uh, depiction of things that should not be depicted. And there was a, a council of the church in the Byzantine Empire that settled that question that basically forms the basis for all of Western art. And so we think about Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci and Pablo Picasso, all these people that, uh, that, that we take for granted as being some of the greatest pe- figures of our civilization. We would not have had any of them if it had not been for the Byzantines to start with and justifying art in general.
Yeah, the uh, and that was the there was it the iconoclastic was that the phrase that they used? I know it was icons at the center of the uh, and that that was uh, that was the um, period where that that came up. You know, can you even have this? Which is one of the reasons why you do see a great in the Byzantine churches and Eastern churches. You see even more presence of uh, icons. Uh, uh, Empire of God: How the Byzantines Saved Civilization. Robert Spencer uh, again, Bombardier Books. Robert, where does this lead you next? I mean, you've now written these books on all these different topics. Where what are you looking? at next as a, I'm, I'm kind of uh, wondering to know. Well, Ed, you know, I've already finished my next book as it happens. It'll be out sometime next year. They take so long and putting them out, but uh, it'll be, uh, it's a biography of Muhammad. Now I've written a biography of Muhammad before, but this one is different because wow. it's evaluating the historical value of the various stories about Muhammad showing essentially that None of them have any historical value at all. There's full of the, the stories are full of contradictions. They're obvious signs that the one story is a different version of another that is hmm. also in the tradition. I don't know how anybody could remain a believing Muslim, much less an Islamic jihadi after reading what I have in that book. And that'll be out next year. Robert Spencer. Yeah. Robert Spencer, like David Horowitz, fearless in speaking the truth. And that's uh, extraordinary. Thank you for the time we will put uh, up uh, on social media links. Uh, it's uh, great to have you. And we will. Uh, we're we're uh, grateful. Uh, I got to run, though. I'm up against a break. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, Ed Martin. It's no secret that the quality of public education in our country has been on the decline. Every week, there seems to be a new story about pornographic and LGBTQ content seeping into the curriculum of students as young as kindergarten. Critical race theory has also been embedded into school curriculums, giving children regular doses of woke racial Marxism. In addition, public education seems ever more oriented toward boosting standardized test scores rather than truly educating the next generation. Public education is just not up to par. According to the National Assessment of Education Progress Test, also known as the nation's report card, only 32% of fourth graders could read at a proficient level. 39% of fourth graders were reading at below basic level. In math, only 35% of students scored proficient or higher. In a study of 23 Baltimore public schools, zero students scored at grade level on the state math test. Public education has one job, and it's failing. It should come as no surprise, then, that homeschooling is steadily on the rise. Since 2018, homeschooling has increased over 50%. In some states, increases in the rate of homeschooling have been higher than even 100%. Many households transitioned to homeschooling in the wake of the pandemic, and many have found that it is a better model for their children than sending them off to public school. Post-COVID homeschooling is far more ideologically diverse than it ever was before. Before the pandemic, homeschool families leaned overwhelmingly conservative. Now there are nearly as many liberal-oriented families homeschooling, which demonstrates that dropping confidence in public schools has breached the ideological divide. Homeschool education children have scored consistently and significantly higher than their public education counterparts. 
This trend is a clear indication that the government's approach to education needs to change drastically if it's going to have a future. It's time to completely uproot the public education system and promote even more homeschooling. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms in colleges and schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we promise to keep you informed at phyllisschlafly.com. And let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And um, today, let me comment on something. I'm, I'm going to come back and do a longer segment on the Pro-America Report. I might even do it as a Substack. If you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you can sign up there. In the new year, I'm going to be um, writing and, and publishing more there. Uh, and the subject is Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger, who passed away last month, uh, late in 2023, um, as and was lionized by everybody, really, um, as this... Um, uh, influential figure, which I think is true, uh, monumental figure, which I guess is true, uh, positive figure, which I disagree with. Um, I don't think he was a positive influence in American uh, public life, politics or anything else. I think actually he was uh, he was one of the worst people uh, that we've ever seen in power. And also when he was out of power. He uh, in the early 1980s, when uh, Ronald Reagan won for president, Henry Kissinger made a push to continue his run uh, inside the highest levels of government. He had been close to Nixon uh, and played numerous roles there. And then with Gerald Ford also. And he tried and he, they tried in, in a million ways to try to get him into the White House. His backers, the globalists, I would call them uh, the Eastern establishment, uh, the accommodationists, um, some would call them communists, also would say he was a, a warmonger because of the military industrial complex and his interest in uh, abiding by their plans. Anyway, they lost. Reagan held the line. And what Kissinger did then was he set up his own Kissinger and Associates, a a, a lobbying shop, and he basically uh, institutionalized two things. One, um, getting paid by foreign powers and uh, multinational corporations uh, and big money and, and big government influencers to be Henry Kissinger. Uh, China did it. Uh, all the big companies did it. Wall Street did it. The second thing he did was he went about um, creating this record, this biography of him that made him sound like a benign, thoughtful, serious guy. Uh, and the two things that he did from 1981 until he died in 2023. And again, I, I've let some time pass. I'm going to go into it in more depth, actually, on what I think of his life and what he did. Um, and so I won't do it now, but I've waited a little bit because I wanted to be respectful of somebody that passed away. Uh, but those two things that he did, one, the most blatant corruption, uh, in my opinion, uh, and he did it over 44 years, I guess you'd say, 43 years. He basically, from the time he was in his late 50s, he cashed in on his access to power and uh, his uh, career in power and just made millions and millions of dollars. And the second thing was he rehabbed his reputation, which was in tatters. And, you know, still in front of me right now on my desk is a book that's written by a William and Mary professor named Frederick. Frederick Corney, 
C-O-R-N-E-Y. Corny is, I think, originally born in England, maybe. Um, and he's been at William and Mary for many years. And his book is called Telling October, Memory and the Making of the Bolshevik Revolutions. Fascinating book. And he's a fascinating guy writing about how the Bolsheviks, who were nasty, nasty people, they went about telling what happened in the 1919 revolution and making it sound like they were the freedom fighters and they were the people on the right side of things. There's many examples of this in history. That's what that's what Kissinger did, which brings me to this. It's simply true, and it is a fact of life, that people have to come up, come to grips with who they are and what their lives are. And they often do it based on relationships. You marry someone, you uh, are the uh, son or daughter of someone, you have a certain uh, mother or father of someone, you, best friends, um, also your work, uh, so your family, your work. But also how you see yourself and how you talk about yourself and how you think about yourself. It's one of the reasons why, um, in my estimation, uh, men and women uh, need to have a faith life and need to have a faith uh, journey, whether whatever faith you, you want. But I happen to think Christian is the way to go uh, for reasons that have to do with God and the Savior. But the reality is people want to tell the story of who they are and they want to understand that. The problem is what we're discovering is people uh, that 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 personal journey is one that has to be ongoing. But what we've seen in this country in the last 25 or 30 years is a complete uh, lie about who people really are. In other words, it's not just fake news. It's fake biography. And you have to stop and pause on one level. It should be liberating. Let me give you a quick example. One of my favorite authors is Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens. Born in uh, Hannibal, Missouri, actually born in Florida, Missouri, grew up in Hannibal, Missouri, made it famous. Fascinating man, fascinating writer. I love his books. Huckleberry Finn, one of my favorite books of all time, probably my favorite, actually. Uh, Tom Sawyer, Roughing It, uh, all kinds of essays, witty guy. Terrible, terrible, broken childhood. His father died when he was 11. He said once, I never saw my father laugh. He went on to get married and he and his wife had four children. The first was a son who died uh, in the first year or two of his life. Then his other three children, two more of them, two or three daughters, two more of them had predeceased him. Uh, he was away. He was broke a bunch of times. He succeeded uh, in spurts and failed in large. And when you go and study his life, it's like all of us. Great successes. I mean, famous successes, obviously, um, but failures, too. What What's striking about him is that it, people uh, have uh, mytholo mythologized him as this happy-go-lucky guy. And behind it, he was normal. So on one level, it's liberating. We're all the same. We all struggle the same ways. It should be comforting. On another level, you realize that they lie to us about a lot of people. They lie to us about who these people are and what they've done and what they're about. And it's it's. It's really, really important to see through that. One of the examples I think is Obama. Obama has been sort of lionized as this trailblazer. He, you know, he was uh, he was a lot of things, but he was also his policies really bad for this country. We're paying the price in a huge way. And Kissinger was the same way. So anyway, the, the, the two things I wanted to mention in this and there's a wrap up. It's kind of rambling a little bit was we're going to talk about that in the next couple of months. The two things that I saw in Kissinger's life, one corruption, milking the system. And Biden's do it. Everybody's doing it. Too many people are doing it. And then this rewriting of history as to biography. So there you have it. Thank you, as always, Ryan Haidt and uh, Mason Mohan, our producers. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.